Hey there, my friends. Welcome to another episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gourmet, and I am very excited to have you with us today. Uh, my guest today, Charles Ivey, is someone new that I've connected with on Instagram lately, and he truly has uh, an amazing story to share with you all, which you know I'm excited for you to hear, and I'm actually really, really excited to hear myself. So, Charles, how are you doing today? Doing well, doing well, Gormy. How, how about you? I'm doing pretty good. I was doing pretty good. I told you it's we. It's been pretty rainy up here in the Northeast, so we finally have a little bit of sun. So I'm actually going to look forward to get outside again later today. I think, but right now I, I'm just pumped. We're finally getting to talk, man. Yeah, me too. Me, me too. I've been real inspired by your post here lately. So I was I was looking forward to, to talking with you. Cool. So let's let let's not bore people with small talk anymore, man. Let's dive right into it. And Charles, the first question that I ask every guest is, what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum? Oh, <laughs> uh, that's a, a pretty deep question. I mean, but I could give you a real simple answer. Uh, being 807 pounds, <laughs> I think that pretty much qualifies me. I mean, that was my highest weight. And uh, I think that pretty much qualifies me to be a fat guy. <laughs> uh, that's it's a rare occasion that you get one that fat. So, oh, for sure, that's, man. That's and the short answer of it. Yeah, that's the short answer. So take us, let us. So eight oh seven is is where you ended up. Like, take us back. That was in, my highest weight. Yeah. Take us into your take us into your story, man, and tell us what you know brought you to that place. You know, take us take us back into your life. And you know, uh, recently. You know, with the with the journey that I'm on and the, the things I've been doing, I've been I've had a lot of time uh, to to reflect on on my journey so far, and that's kind of what prompted me to start getting into more of the more of telling my story. And but it's kind of really started when I was when I was born. I think you know I'm no psychologist or anything, but um, when I was born, I had a uh, had a condition that was uh called pyloric stenosis which is basically it's just a simple blockage from your stomach down into your intestines and uh it prevents food from passing through your digestive system so basically anything that you you eat just stays in your stomach and rots um so for six weeks i wasn't keeping anything down you know, my mom she took me to the doctors after doctors and it changed my formula, you know, half a dozen times. And every time, you know, I was just throwing up and wouldn't keep anything down. So I was, I was literally starving to death when I was, when I was an infant. And, you know, my mom got to a point where she took me into an emergency room and said, I'm not leaving until you tell me what's wrong with my child. You know, he's not, not getting weight. He's throwing up everything he eats. Like we got to do something here. So they did, they found out I had that condition and I had that blockage and, they put me under the knife and took care of it. Um, but I think they, they did a, did too good of a job because, <laughs> uh, after, after that, I, uh, man, I don't know if it was, was starving, you know, not, not getting enough food for those six weeks, but man, I could eat as a, as a baby. I, I, I started gaining weight real fast as a baby once, once that surgery was over and everything. And, um yeah i was a chunky little dude and uh all the way through all the way through my my toddler years and everything i was 
I was just, you know, little, little over, overly chunky. You know, you have that, that baby weight, that cute little baby weight, you know, but you know, I was carrying around more than that. And it was, it was, um, evident that I was, I was suffering from some, some probably physical problems that were causing me to gain the weight, you know? can't really speculate on that too much. I'm not a doctor either. So, but, um, that's, that's pretty much the beginning. You know, I know that's kind of back far, but I really think that had a lot, lot to play in it because of, you know, how fast I gained weight and everything as a, as a young child. And, you know, I was always the bigger, bigger kid in the room, biggest kid in the room. Most of the time, you know, bigger than all my cousins and, uh, my my sisters and everyone I came in contact with really I was just you know maybe because I was consuming so much I was growing so big you know whatever the cause of it was I was just you know I was the big guy you know and were there any other and, big uh, bigger people in your family at that time or was it was it yeah, just more yeah I mean what my sisters um you know they were they were really thin until their uh, until their um adult years you know my my younger sister did have you know a little bit of little bit of weight on her but you know there is there is definitely obesity that runs in my family um you know and that's that's a part of the part of the thing but you know i've i've come to learn uh you know through all these different diets and stuff that it really the whole whole family thing you know it it plays a role yes but not as big as a, of a role as we think it does you know, so, but, um, I, my toddler years and everything, I, I just, I was that heavy kid and, but it was, it was manageable, manageable. You know, I was that, act, I was still active. I was out playing and everything. And, uh, but you know, when I hit, uh, we'll skip a bit, skip, skip forward a little bit here. Um, but when I hit, you know, my adolescent years and, uh, I was, you know, 11 years old, you know, I was, I was, I was heavy. I was, I was a heavy kid, you know, all the way through, like I said, um, I was probably, I don't know, I'd say around 150 pounds, you know, uh, 200 pounds. So I was, I was still a really big dude tall. So I carried it well, but a really big dude. And, um, I was, I was, <laughs> I was horse playing around with my sister in the, in the house one day. And you know, it's that situation where she, she goes to, you know, yell at mom, you know, Bubba did this. And, uh, I was chasing after her, trying to keep her from telling mom, you know, just how kids are. And I slipped in the, in the kitchen, I had some socks on, I slipped and I hit the step that led down into it. You know, I was running through the house. So there's that for you kids. Um, but <laughs> So I slipped and fell and I broke my hip and, um, man, that was a, that was a real, it was a real turning point in my, in my weight. Um, you know, turns out I had some complications when they went in to fix it. Um, and my, my bone deteriorated in my left hip and, uh, I, long story short on that one, I ended up having over the next, you know, couple years up until the time I was 17, I was in the hospital every summer and every Christmas break and, um, you know, or 
you know, in a wheelchair on crush it, crutches, you know, riding the handicap bus to school and in a wheelchair in school and stuff. And uh, so it, uh, it really, it really took away my, um, the physical things that I was, I was doing, you know, when I was still that big, I was, you know, out playing with my friends and running the, running the neighborhood and, you know, playing football and all that stuff, you know, like a, a normal kid was, but that, that event really, really changed things for me. And, um, there were points where I was, you know, suffering from anemia after surgeries and things like that. And they were feeding me insure milkshakes and things to make me, you know, my, my blood build up faster in the hospital. And, you know, next thing I know it, I was, I was in high school and starting my high school year and I was 350 pounds. You know, I gained 150 pounds just, you know, from not being able to do anything and, you know, the, the stagnant, well, that's not the word I'm looking for there. The, just the, the stillness in my life really, um, really just caused me to gain weight. And of course, you know, I lost all my friends and stuff. I couldn't really go out and do things. And, you know, it, it brought upon me this feeling of loneliness and, um, just this desire for something in my life to, to fulfill me, you know, and I, I think, uh, I think food became my best friend in that period of my, my life. I think it was the only thing that I really felt like, uh, was there for me. You know, even though I had all these people around me that really, really loved and cared for me, you know, my family and all that, you know, my mom, she was amazing through everything. And I had all these people around me, but I still felt empty, you know, because I, I gained all this weight and I was disgusted with myself and I was so young and didn't realize, you know, didn't realize what I was doing. I just, I wanted to eat like everyone else and I wanted to be like everyone else. And I wanted to, you know, look like everyone else and when I didn't have that, I just looked for something to fill that void and food became that thing, I think. And, uh, so by the time I graduated high school, man, I was 400 pounds and, uh, had been through six surgeries and, uh, man, I, I was ready to, ready to get out of high school. I mean, you th you think, <laughs> you think kids are cruel when you, when you're going through school, you know, when you got some glasses or you're too skinny, but man, when you're, when you're morbidly obese in a wheelchair, you, you become a, a real easy target, you know? So I was, I was done. I was done with high school, man. I took, you know, could have, could have got some rides to college and, and that kind of thing, you know, cause you know, kept my grades up good, you know, through everything. Um, but I just, I was done and, I, I wanted to, you know, disappear uh, out of that world and, and take some time, you know, to just find some people who cared about me, I guess. But, uh, you know, so high school was, high school was a hard time for me. And, uh, you know, like I said, I put on about 250 pounds, you know, by the time I graduated high school, you know, and then there was nothing to do. You know, I had a job, but you know, I was still, you know, by that time, the, the weight had taken over the, you know, 
it was no longer I was disabled because of my disabilities. You know, it was the weight that kept me from doing things. And um, so I just, you know, I, I was in high school. I got involved in a, in a church and, uh, you know, I was, I was super involved in that. And it, kept, it, it really kept me, you know, going and pushing forward. But I was, you know, I was hanging out with, I was involved in a youth group. So I was hanging out with a bunch of, bunch of youth and we were having all these youth events and stuff with all this, you know pizza and the whole nine yards so you know i was active in that way you know i was finally free at, to some extent from the wheelchair and the crutches and all that so i could walk around and you know for the most part and um i i got wrapped up in and all that and not you know i wanted to just be like everyone else like i said earlier i wanted to be like everyone else and do what they were doing and eat what they were eating and enjoy life but you know, the food, it looks different to me, I guess. And what they were eating wasn't what I was eating. Uh, I was eating what they were eating, but I was eating look, for three of them or four of them, you know. And I just saw it as, you know, I'm having some pizza with my friends, you know. I didn't see it as, uh, uh, hey, dude, you're eating a whole pizza, you know. And... uh <laughs> Like they're, they're eating two slices and you're eating a whole pizza. You know, that didn't register to me at that point. You know, I was just having fun and living life. But so by the time I was, uh, you know, 24, 25, I, uh, I got up to, you know, around five, 580, 560, somewhere in there. Um, you know, my weight just slowly crept up over those years. You know, I, I wasn't. I was still, you know, pretty active and like I said, involved. So I wasn't gaining weight as quickly, but you know, steadily, you know, 10 pounds here, you know, five pounds there, the weight was just, you know, creeping up on me. And, you know, I was fat, but I was, I was happy what I would consider happy. You know, I, I was, I had people around me. I had friends. I was, you know, doing stuff in my community. Like I felt, I felt, you know, worth something. So, you know, I wasn't putting on weight as fast and everything because, you know, I was doing all that stuff, but I was still gaining weight. And, um, you know, I'd gotten up to 580 pounds and, you know, that, uh, that, that group, you know, I met some people in that group and inevitably it led me to another situation in life that I, I would have never saw coming, you know, I was hanging out with some of the, some of the, uh, youth and we were play fighting, you know, play fighting in a house, you know, just, uh, slap boxing. I think it was, you know, we used to do that kind of thing when I was younger. <laughs> um, and we were slap boxing and stuff and I turned around and I tripped over my flip flop and, uh, I fell and just the, just I just fell to the ground. That's it. But because of everything I'd been through earlier in my life and all those surgeries I'd had, um, it it really weakened my my left leg and I, I snapped my femur in in half. And uh, so here I was, five hundred and eighty pounds, uh, you know, having to wait wait two hours for the morbidly obese ambulance to come scoop me off the floor. Cause I was laying there with a broken femur, you know, 
my friends all around me, you know, trying to hide the pain and, you know, scared to death I was going to die there. You know? And uh, so I ended up going under under a surgery and had to have some stabilizing rods pushed up through my leg and back into rehab, back on the crutches, back in the wheelchair. Like suddenly I was, I was 17 years old again. And all of that, all of that pain and misery just came flooding back, flooding back, man. And (laughs) I, uh, you know, I spent six months, you know, it was roughly six months, four to six months. I can't really recall how long I was in there, but spent a good chunk of time in a, in a, you know, rehabilitation facility, you know, cause I was, I was, you know, almost 600 pounds and, uh, there it takes special, special equipment and special people to deal with somebody that's that size that can't, you know, can't get up and do things on their own. Like, you know, I was, I was strong. I'd built a lot of strength, um, you know, just by carrying the weight for one, but also through all the things that I'd been through. And I was able to do more than, you know, people that were my size should be able to do. Like, that's what people used to say to me, the nurses and the doctors and things. And they're like, you know, we completely expected to have to do way more than this for you. So it's a good thing that you, that you can do some things for yourself otherwise we we don't know how we would take care of you you know really you know it'd take a lot more to take care of you and that was the that was really one of the one of the points in my life that i realized there was there was something wrong you know i needed i needed to do something or i this could kill me you know i could have died you know i I fell right by a a, one of the stone fireplaces and i could have smashed my head right there and died right there, you know, by 600 pounds slamming into some concrete w- could have killed me, you know? And those are the thoughts that really ran through my head. And, um, <laughs> it was a rough, rough period in my life. It was really, really a rough period, but luckily I still had those friends around me. You know, I, I still had people that were, you know, checking in on me and, you know, I had to go, to Orlando to find a facility that, you know, supported me and all my family and friends, they were in Tampa where I live, you know, 45 minutes away. So they, you know, they couldn't come see me. And I, there I was alone again. And, you know, luckily I didn't gain weight, right? I didn't gain weight. I actually lost weight while I was in rehab because they were making me do physical things. And they were controlling my meals. You know, you, you only ate three meals a day and you ate what, what they put on your plate, really, you know? So I, I actually lost some weight in rehab, got down to like 540. And, um, but came out, you know, and uh, there, was, there was no longer that control. I was, I was free again. I could eat what I want. I could order food. I could do whatever, you know, and... Um, that that loneliness that i was in just had to be filled it had to be filled and i turned to my old friend you know so a couple couple months after i i uh 
you know, put back on all the weight that I lost in the rehab. And I was back up to 580, you know, 600 pounds, that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, living this, living the old life, you know, plus crutches in a wheelchair. Yeah. Cause now all that damage, you know, all the cutting through my muscles and all that stuff, you know, I wasn't as strong as I was. I could, I couldn't walk around. I couldn't stand up for any period of time. I had to use my wheelchair if I was going long, long distances or, you know, use my crutches just to walk around, you know, and sat every chance I get any place I could find that would hold my weight. You know, I carried my wheelchair around me with me to, you know, I'd walk on my crutches, you know, cause I wanted to seem like I had some semblance of a, you know, a natural normal life, you know, but I'd have to carry my wheelchair and push it around and stuff just to make sure I had a seat that could hold my weight. You know, if I, if I went places and the, the wheelchair was extra wide. So, you know, if I wanted to go to the movies or whatever, I would have to have to stand up and, you know, um, go through the doorways and have everybody looking at me and stuff. You know, so these are, these are the things that I, these were new things that I never had to deal with before that were all suddenly my life now. And, uh, you know, we've spent a lot of time talking about, you know, the bad things, but, um, you know, that part of my life and this, you know, as much as it pains me to say it really affects my weight loss too, uh, or my weight gain as well. But, you know, when I in that period of time, you know, while I was still on crutches by the, by the grace of God, I, I got invited to this, this party and. Uh, you know, normally I wouldn't go out places, but you know, I just, I just did. And I went to this party and man, I, I, uh, met my wife, Melissa, my, who would become my wife, Melissa. And, um, I met this woman and, and I just, I just felt something about her, you know, just the, the way she talked to me and the, the way she looked at me, it was like, you know, she she wasn't noticing, you know, my size, you know, my, my weight, you know, she struggles with weight issues herself, but, and maybe that's the reason why, but, you know, I felt like she saw me, you know, the, the real me, the, the me that's like, that's trapped under, you know, 600 pounds of excess weight trying to get out. You know, it's, it's like, she saw me for who I wanted to be and, you know, who I was. And we fell in love, you know, not at first though, not at first. She, she wasn't, uh, she said she didn't have time for a relationship, but I was, I was persistent. I wasn't going to let her go, you know, and, um, she ended up becoming my wife, you know, two years later. And, um, you know, that, that provided me with great happiness, but at the same time, it came with its own, with its own struggles as far as weight goes, you know, because now, you know, I'm not alone anymore and I'm, I'm not empty. I'm in love, you know, I'm with someone, but that doesn't, when you become addicted 
to the to that feeling that food provides you and you see that that feeling amplifies everything it amplifies your depression if you're depressed it amplifies your happiness when we're celebrating food just has that effect on people you know and when you're addicted to it even more so and i was happy and you know we both struggled with weight and it we kind of just fed off of each other and fed each other you know so you know i was i was getting married but i was happy but you know in a relationship but the first year we were together you know i gained weight <laughs> i gained gained like a hundred pounds you know so by the time i asked her to marry me you know here i was pushing you know 680 680 pounds 700 pounds and um you know but i'm happy you know i didn't understand it i i didn't know i didn't know why i was still gaining weight i mean subconsciously I knew why I was still getting weight. You know, I've been told enough by nutritionists and doctors that, you know, just you're, you're eating too much, you know, but step away, step away from the table. But like, that's all throughout my whole child and adolescence. That's, you know, what doctors and nutritionists would tell me, you know? And then, uh, but I, I, you know, put on that hundred pounds and, uh, you know, but she's, she still loved me. And, you know, she said yes. And she, she decided to marry me and you know how every couple does when they're getting married they want to look their best you know they're inviting a ton of people and and uh you know it became important so you know it was it was right around that time that you know we we started some different diets and started started doing some things and uh working out and you know doing as much physical activity as we could and stuff and uh we lost some weight, you know, before the wedding we did. And, uh, you know, I got back down to where I was when, when we first got together, you know, around 580 or so, which, you know, I still had to sit down at my wedding, you know? So it still wasn't, I still wasn't free, but, uh, still to sit down, you know, during my wedding and, you know, still had to order my tux, so far in advance because they had to custom make it pretty much, you know, you know, I was still in that, in that position, you know, but she loved me regardless. And, uh, so we got married and we were living, living our happy life and you know, we adopted a, well, I say adopted, but, you know, took guardianship over one of the youth that was in the youth group that we were both now involved in and leadership in. And, um, you know, we, uh, we took him into our home during the first year of our marriage, you know, so that was a, a real stressful situation, but, you know, we were, we were doing okay. You know, as far as, as far as two morbidly obese people, you know, trying to muddle through life can be, we were doing okay, you know? And, uh, I remember, um, one of the biggest turning points for me and something that really, really sent me over, sent me over the edge. There was 
you know, in this part of my life and this more currently, you know, um, these are two things that highly infected. I say infected. That's, that's, huh, that's a good word, I guess. Uh, it, uh, affected and infected my mind and my weight in this journey. But, um, you know, the youth group I'd been part of for, you know, since I was 16 years old and was the leadership in and stuff, you know, some of the leaders there, they had, they had come together, you know, eight months prior to this happening, but a bunch of, a bunch of the leaders and stuff in the church, they come to me and, you know, they all like stepped up and they were like, you know, we'll pay for your gym membership and we'll, um, you know, one of them was a personal trainer and one of them had been heavy and lost a lot of weight. And so all these, all these people were helping, like stepping up and, and trying to help me get on the right path. You know, um, they saw where I was headed and, you know, they, they cared about me and they, they wanted to do something for me, you know? So they did. And they, they got me a gym membership and they started working out and, and all these guys were pouring into me and stuff. And, um, you know, the thing about this addiction and uh, this weight that you, you have to carry, it doesn't go away because other people want it to. You know, nobody can, it doesn't matter how many how many good intentions or what they do for you, nobody can break the chains of obesity except the person that is obese and that's one of the that's one of the things i've come to discover very recently in my journey and um but you know they had all the good intentions you know but you know i would i would do the things that i would do as an obese person who wanted to hide who they really were and you know i would i would eat when they weren't around and i would do you know I would do what they wanted me to and work out with them and stuff. But then I'd go and I'd, you know, buy packs of cookies and, and big gulps from, you know, Seven Eleven without telling anyone, you know, I would, I would, I would sneak the food through all of these people who thought I was transparent you know, and thought I was on the right track. And eventually it got to a point where, um, you know, I was wasting their time and wasting their money and they could see it. You know, you can, you can tell when people aren't getting results and when they're lying, you know, because it, it shows, you know, you can't hide fat, you know, I mean, you could try to hide it, and you can put on the layers and you can you can wear all black and you can try to hide it, but there's no hiding a, a food addiction. And uh so they got to a point where you know they they just told me, um, you know, we're gonna need you to to step down and focus on yourself, man. Like we're we're gonna need you to step back from the from leadership and the youth ministry and focus on your health. And uh, 
they would never know this because it's not something I really talk about, but instantly there I was, 17 years old, alone and empty all over again. And, uh, really, as I look back at it, it's what had to be done. But in the moment, I, I was rejected and I was, I was rejected by the people and the place that I had poured so much of myself into for so long. And uh, in my mind, it, I, was, I was too fat and didn't look good enough and couldn't do the things that everyone else could do. And I was being cast out because of it. And that's, that's the scenario that played in my mind on repeat. And I tried to, you know, I tried to get past it. I still, I still, you know, went to the church and stuff. And, um, I tried to just, you know, find happiness and, and something else, but you know, really when that's all, you know, and that's the only security that you've ever felt in your life, like it, it, it weighs on you and eventually, you know, I ended up, I ended up leaving the church, you know, and just, you know, I just stopped going and, uh, went about my life. You know, I, I was, I was working, you know, I had a working, working as a locksmith and I had my wife and, and, you know, my kid that I was taking care of and, I just decided, you know, I'll just live in that. But emotionally and mentally, I, I wasn't the same, you know? And um, so, you know, I just, I went about, about that life, you know, for about six months or so. You know, I was just enjoying, you know, my wife and the time that we had together and working hard to, you know, build something and, you know, just, just live, you know? And, uh, I went out to, this is the second moment I mentioned. I went out to a, uh, a movie one night with my wife, you know, something we would do, you know, we're, we're both morbidly obese, remember? So not a whole lot of physical stuff that we can go out and do and be a part of, you know, going to roller coasters and that kind of thing. So you know, we went out to eat or we went to, you know, movies and all the, all those stuff that, you know, you could be sedentary doing and, uh, oh yeah, they just happened to all include, uh, high fat food, you know, so that, that's a, just a coincidence though. <laughs> but, um, you know, so went out to the movies with my wife and, uh, I was sitting outside waiting for her to pull the car around, you know, cause you know, by then I was, you know, probably back up in the 700, 740, somewhere in there. So I was heavy. Didn't want my wife having to push me in the wheelchair. 
So she went and drove the car and you know, I was sitting there on the on the sidewalk waiting for her to come get me and um this group of teenage girls, you know, whips out their cell phone. It's kind of, you know, dusk dusk time, you know, getting dark outside and I see some flashes start going off. And uh these girls were in a group and just taking pictures of me. Blatantly just flashes just laughing and taking pictures of me and uh that was a real real moment for me and uh it sent me into a spiral and that's the only way i can describe it it sent me into this place where i it was my breaking point i i i literally I'd been so strong through my entire life, through all these situations and, and, you know, things we haven't even talked about yet, you know, but I, I've been so strong and this one moment in time completely fractured me. And it was, it was worse than any pain I had felt in my life up until that point. And uh, I decided my church wasn't going to accept me. The world wasn't going to accept me. I'm just a sideshow freak. And I, I, I'm just this spectacle. And uh, if that's how the world is going to see me, I don't want to be a part of the world anymore. And <sighs> give me a sec. So I, uh, I just, I withdrew into myself. I embraced the solitude. You know, I, our room is a, a, a garage that was converted and, you know, it doesn't, doesn't have any windows in it. So I uh I just closed the door and never never looked back and just at that point I was I was ready for it just to be over you know I was I was ready for the struggle to end. And over the next 3 years, wow, 3 years. Over the next 3 years, um I didn't leave my house. I I went out, I left my house exactly five times in three years and they were all for holiday major holidays christmas thanksgiving easter you know maybe a a, a birthday party if if i didn't if i didn't make the excuse that i was in too much pain to go or 
or I mean, eventually it wasn't an excuse anymore. You know, when you lock yourself into a room and I mean, of course he, you know, who was there for me, what was there for me during that whole period. You know, I had my wife, but if I'm being honest, even she couldn't make me happy anymore. And, uh, as much as she was trying to be there for me, she couldn't fill the emptiness. And, uh, I don't think I've ever said that out loud. Um, so I turned to food. And uh, turned to my old friend. My frenemy. In reality, I turned to my old trigger. Because, you know, I wanted it to be over. I wanted my life to be over and the struggle to be over. And <laughs> to be blunt, I didn't have the balls to end it quickly. In my mind, you know, I'm not saying that's the ballsy move, you know, but I, I couldn't muster it, you know. So, not to mention, you know, the the background I've I've grown up in and the the relationship I have with God, and you know, suicide's not a, a not a not a thing that you that you you really allow yourself to think about, you know, in that environment. And I figured, you know, if I didn't actually pull the trigger, you know, if I didn't actually take the pills, you know, because of course I had those, you know, all the surgeries and everything. I had access to all that, you know, but instead of doing that, you know, getting it over with quickly, maybe I felt I need to be punished. I don't know, but I pulled the, pulled the trigger slowly and just ate. I just ate and ate and ate and you know, my wife, she, she saw, she saw it, you know, she saw the depression and, you know, she, she tried to make me happy and she tried to get me out and, you know, um, you know, so many people really offered up their hands to, to me to, to try to pull me out of it, but. Over the next couple of years, the weight just grew and grew. And as the weight grew, the deeper I got and the heavier I got and the less I could do. And before you know it, I was struggling to stand in the shower for five minutes. You know, pissing off the side of my bed into a jug dumping it out once a day because at the same time I went to take a shower because that's the only time 
during that day I could muster up the energy to walk to the bathroom. You know, have, having my wife, you know, empty out my piss jugs, you know, putting her through all of that because, you know, I was in this place. But, uh, I was 807 pounds that I was where before I didn't leave the house because of my fear and because of how the world see me would see me. Now I wasn't leaving the house because I couldn't leave the house because I couldn't ride in the car. I couldn't drive. I couldn't, you know, go places. So now my family had to come see me on holidays and had to come to me and my friends had to, you know, had to come to me in order for us to maintain any friendship, you know, and eventually, you know, except for a select few, they just stopped coming and drove me deeper and deeper in. And uh wasn't till um you know I'd hit my my highest weight and was in that position and actually <sighs> this is something I've never said. Um actually held the gun that I realized that the thing that I love the most in the world let's be real talking about food here the thing that I love the most in the in the world was the thing that was destroying me And the only way that I was going to break free was to get rid of it. And uh, I had to cast it out and get it as far away from me as possible. As far as the east is from the west, I had to get it away from me. <laughs> and uh, I made the decision in that moment to do it. And that's <sighs> kind of what got me here, man. Uh, I, know, I know that's a lot. <laughs> I know that's a, a, quite a bit. and uh, But that's... And that's, you know, that just skims the surface and we, a lot of stuff we didn't talk about, but, um, that's, that's where I'm at. Well, man, let, well, first of all, you know, obviously take a deep breath, you know, you're, yeah, you're, <laughs> you're, you're, you're definitely, you know, I mean, you, you're, you're saying skim the surface, but I, I think you've really painted a really articulate picture of how, how this cause I, I think people talk about food addiction a lot and, you know, people, some people throw it around. 
and they're you know they're it, in some levels it's diagnosed and on some level it's self-identified and but I, I think you really your journey shows you know one not only the impact that it has because I I I think you said something that I think was really powerful I mean obviously honestly everything you've said has been really powerful but you made a point that you know the food doesn't just amplify the negative and fill the hole when you're in the negative place but it amplifies the positive like i i think there's something so insidious about food addiction that it convinces us on the on the bad days that we need it and on the good days that we need it like that you can't live without it and but like you said at the end it's it convinces you that you can't live without it but it's killing you at the same time and really what I think your your story truly illustrates, because I, I think this is something that people, you know, and again, I, I feel like sometimes when I say this on the show, people bristle a little bit, you know, like if if you're 200 pounds, you know, 250 pounds, 300 pounds, you're, you're dealing with a real weight issue. But it, it's when you cross over that 400, 450 pound, 500 pound mark that the weight gain isn't as noticeable, you know from your perspective because right. it's your life <laughs> right. your 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 food addiction is so reinforcing your behavior and you're you're already starting to see impairment so what's a little more impairment you know when you're already having to you know try to hunt down clothes you know what's a little more hunting right. Right. you know like it yeah. becomes something and before we were recording you and I were talking about you know how amazing our bodies are and in our I think the more amazing piece is how amazing our minds are because we get to these points where we actually convince ourselves that continuing to feed this addiction is what we need when it's clearly, like you said, on display affecting us. And it's, it's literally everyone else can watch what we're doing, but on the inside, we're taking care of ourselves. Yeah, it's normal. Yeah, completely. And you build it as your normal, like it becomes your right. life. And it, and yeah. I mean, one man, like I, I got to, like, I'm real. Like, I think it's really powerful what you shared about those, knowing those defining moments. Like, one of the things that stands out to me is, like, there's a real, like, like you said, you've done some kind of digging into, like, your journey and, like, what brought you to where you are in your life. Like, I think that self-awareness is really reflected in how you tell your story. Like, you have an awareness that I, I think, one, when we're in that moment, we don't have. You know, it's, it's really, because that's how we protect ourselves. You know, we shut down you know, worrying, you, you shut that all off because if like, cause let's be real, man. Like if, if we woke up every day when, when you're over 500, 600, 700 pounds and face reality, cold, hard reality, really, you, you'd be screaming <laughs> yeah. for help. We'd be screaming for help. You know, we would, yeah. we wouldn't be worrying about what other people were thinking and we'd be screaming for, you know, for those hands you talked, you know, I mean, that also just really stood out to me, man, when you talked about, you know, those three years of, of hands reaching out to you and you know, you know, like all the hands in the world weren't going to help, you, you know, at the end of the end of the day, the only hands that were going to matter, that were going to pull you up out of that place were your own. And I, I appreciate you. Like, I, I can tell men that you, you know, you're, you're sharing pieces that you, you have, like you said, you haven't said out loud before you haven't shared before, but I, I think it's important because I don't, like it resonated for me. Like I was uh, obviously I, I was not 800 pounds, you know, my 540 was, was my ceiling that I saw, but I remember having that moment where 
I realized that I was killing myself with the food I was eating, you know, like I, and I had to accept that. Like I had to embrace that as a reality because I think sometimes you say it to people, like, even it's funny. Like I think, I don't know if you've run into this yet, but I've posted on Instagram. You know, I said, I'll say I was killing myself with food and the Instagram algorithm will flag you as, you know, as suicidal oh, really? or, or as a, you, <laughs> no, you, no, yeah. I haven't, haven't put that up yet. Yeah. You, so you, you, I'm sure I'll see it in the future. You log on to Instagram and you get a message that says someone is concerned about you. And I'm like, Oh, it's your algorithm. That's concerned about me. But it's, it's a reality that, you know, we, we live with and like our culture has in some ways, you know, yes, people still worry, especially the people close to you when you're that big are worrying about your life. Are worrying about you surviving oh absolutely but the absolutely. but the world in general like it's now like you said it's become this thing where now there's television shows and there's you know you see people on motorized scooters in every supermarket you go to and in every mall and you know go to disneyland and you know it's it's something that we're we're building a culture that in some ways supports people con continuing yeah. on this road more and, and more and more i see more people like me oh yeah and they and they have TV shows built around people like me, and they are like not glamorizing it, but they're you know. And I I that show you know my six hundred pound life. I don't know if you've seen it or not, but you know it's 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 drawing a lot of attention to people that are my size and and gives some kind of insight. But man, when you're on the outside looking in on that, uh, you can't you can't know what's going on in these people's heads and what they're thinking and the, the struggles that they're dealing with and how that affects them emotionally. And then in turn, how they turn to the thing that helps them when they are emotionally distraught, which is food. And it's this endless loop that leads to more destruction. It's like you're, you're caught in this tornado or hurricane of, obesity and food and feelings and you cannot get out until you literally you know in my in my life and in my relationship um with God you you learn that you have to be the still inside the storm. And you can be caught up in this, this rage and whirlwind of destruction that you've brought upon yourself, you know, in reality, you've brought it upon yourself, but until you find a way to quiet the noise in your own head and the the things that you tell yourself until you find a way to to shut them up there's no getting out it doesn't it's like it's like somebody somebody throwing a life preserver and you know into a monsoon it's going to help it's going to keep you afloat maybe you know but you're not getting out. You're not getting out until you swim for your life, until you 
claw and dig and scratch and climb and do whatever you have to to get out, you're not getting out. You're definitely you know? not, Matt. You're not. And and that's one of the things I say, like when people ask me, like what changed for me was, you know, I realized that I needed to fight to live. And you had that moment, man. So because I think you've painted a great picture of getting us up to that moment of, you know, right. holding the right. gun and, and realizing what you were doing with food, like, and what you needed to do. So what came next? Well, um, I decided I needed a change. Um, so I, I started putting into practice all the things that all these people had, uh, had taught me, you know, all these people that had tried to reach out hands, all these nutritionists, all these doctors, every, everything up to that point, all of the knowledge that I'd gained from all these different people and the different programs that they were putting me on and stuff. Um, I decided that the only person that could make it work was me and that I had to fight my way through and I had to be the conqueror of my own demons and I had to do it. Nobody was going to do it for me. And, you know, that's, that's really a, a moment that my life should have been over is really where this new life truly began. And, uh, so I, I, you know, started cutting out, you know, the fast food and started, you know, cause man, <laughs> I was a fast food junkie, you know, driving from restaurant to restaurant, getting all my favorite items, you know, I, I was a locksmith. So I was on the road a lot, you know, opening cars and stuff. And, uh, that, you know, before I hit the 800 pound mark, this was, you know, this was a habit that I built, you know, because those fast food habits didn't go away. I just, you know, would guilt my wife into go picking him up, you know? And, uh, so, but, um, I, I went from, went from, you know, fast food and eating all that stuff to, you know, cleaning up my diet, doing protein shakes, eating, you know, small meals you know the chicken the vegetables like all these things that all these nutritionists had told me and taught me you know and i just i just started doing them and you know obviously i would screw up i would screw up a lot because i was fighting against i was fighting against forces i i wasn't aware of yet you know because like i said this these realizations that i've had they you know that 807 pounds was, you know, almost four years ago now. And I've been struggling, trying to lose weight for those four years. You know, I've been yo-yoing and I've been on this diet and that diet. I, you know, I've been doing the, the many meals a day and I've been exercising. And then I go through these periods where I'm still struggling. So I go off the rails and I, you know, still have that emptiness and, you know, during this time, that four years, I, I, I would just yo-yo, you know, I would lose the same hundred pounds over and over and over again. And, you know, in all of these different programs, you know, the Weight Watchers and the Adkins and uh, the Slim Fast and all the, all this stuff, you know, and, uh, I would lose weight 
but then, you know, it would all come back and the cravings would come back and those things would come back and I, you know, didn't build the skills, you know, still don't have them fully to, to really force myself to stay in something. You know, if I would, if I would do it, I would lose 80 pounds. You know, like you said earlier, we don't see that. When I lose 80 pounds, I can feel a difference most of the time. But if I take a photograph of me 80 pounds, it is very hard for me to see a physical difference. And I would lose 80 pounds on the scale and I would be happy about it. I would be joyful about it. I would be excited and raring to go. And I would, you know, my clothes would fit a little better and that kind of stuff. But I wasn't physically seeing myself in the mirror change. So I felt like I was doing all of those things for nothing. I was yo-yoing, so I was gaining the weight back and all that stuff over and over again. And I was like, what am I, why? Why bother? You know? So then I finally, I reached out to somebody and... um He's a, a friend of mine. His name's Josh Dudek. And, uh, you know, he, he was a lifeguard at the YMCA when I was, you know, I was doing a lot of water aerobics and stuff. That was part of my workout during those periods of losing weight. And I, I met this, this guy, Josh, um, and he was a lifeguard. And, we, you know, I was in the pool for hours and hours a day, you know, and we just, you know, talked and everything. And, you know, he had become a personal trainer. And um, I, reached out to him and I was like finally I decided that I needed help and I was going to do whatever that person told me to so he became a personal trainer and you know I liked him as a person so I reached out to him I was like hey man you know I'm I'm in the middle of this I'm I keep yo-yoing you know can you help me and uh he offered to help me for free, you know? And uh, so he made up a meal plan for me and, you know, got me started. And, you know, I was, you know, it was, he was a bodybuilder. So, you know, it was the, it was the bodybuilder program, you know, you eat several meals, you know, you, you limit your fats, you know, these, these things, um, standard stuff that they do on the cutting routines and everything. And it worked great. You know, I started losing weight and everything and, um, but you know, I was ready and I was listening to him, but my body and my mind were saying something different. And in my mind, I, I was focused and I was driven with my body. I was hungry all the time and I was I felt like I was deprived and I I was having to face food so much more because when I was obese I would eat a lot but I would eat like two really big meals a day you know so I would eat and I would eat and eat and eat until I was full and then I would stop eating and then I'd do it again later, right? 
And that's how I lived my life. And then I went into this, you know, even on the programs I was doing myself, you know, I was eating, I went down to OMAD and once a day, you know, I was eating what I wanted to, but I was eating once a day. And then when I, you know, that's how I lost some of the weight, but I was yo-yoing and stuff. So when I went to him and I was eating multiple times a day and I was eating small amounts of food, I was constantly faced with food and I was never full. So it, it was like having somebody, you know, wave, wave drugs at me, you know, four or five times a day and expecting me to say no. You know, so when I would start eating it, I would get, I would be eating and I would not be full and I would just want to keep eating. And I had to do that repetitively over and over again. And, you know, finally I just talked to him and I was like, man, I, I can't do this eating frequency. Like, can, can this be done without eating so many times? Like, I, I just, I can't think about food all day. I can't do it because it, it's not, it's not going to put me into a a good mindset. I I can't handle it. I'm not strong enough. So we ended up just condensing the the food plan, you know, into fewer meals every day and stuff. And I was still losing weight and everything, but the cravings were still there and the like the desire for all that stuff was still there. And though my will to be better and to get better was strong, that food that con that control that food had over me was so much stronger. So I would, I would, man, I would cheat and I would feel guilty. And because I, now I was letting this guy down that I had begged for help and was helping me. And here I was doing the same thing I was doing with all those guys in church and I was failing, you know, in my mind, you know, I was, yeah, I was losing weight, but I was failing because it was slow and it, I was cheating and all of this stuff. And um, eventually, you know, I kind of stopped checking in and I kind of pushed him away because I felt guilty. You know, I felt guilty about it. And, but I kept searching. I kept searching for something that was going to fix this and um you know he stuck with me he he kept he kept pushing and i was like i started doing research and then i came across uh, i came across keto right and uh i asked him i was like can this be done can i'm, I'm gonna be perfectly honest with you i'm starving all the time man i'm i'm hungry this is not enough food like it's causing me to cheat. I, 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 I told him, you know, I told him, you know, what was going on. And I was like, can this be done like with ketogenic macros? You know, cause I, I dove in deep, dove in, not even a word. I dove deep into, you know, the whole macros and carbs and all that stuff. And, and at that point, cause that's important when you're bodybuilding, you know? So I'd gotten into that. I was like, can this be done on a ketogenic macro and you know he worked with me and he adjusted my foods and he increased my fats and like he customized the plan to me for keto and um so i got into doing that and it was working and the cravings were getting less you know 
because I was, you know, I was really what it boils down to. I was eat, I was eating these high fat foods and high fat content, so I was I was full. I was I was getting full, you know. Uh, so I was I was eating less, uh, like I was less hungry, and the cravings weren't weren't as bad, you know. But they were they were still there, you know. It was still a battle, and I still slipped up, you know. But I was progressing. I would yo-yo, you know, when I would slip up. You know, we talked about this before the call, but you know, I I've had periods of time where and, and these these are real numbers, documented numbers. I've I've gained 82 pounds in three days. Because of the, the mass I have on my leg and the, the water that my body holds and it you don't get to be this big without developing some side effects, you know? And um, so my body can fluctuate in weight so quickly that it's, that it's unreal. I mean, up in weight. Let's, let's say that because, you know, I'm still not perfect. And even in what I'm doing now, I, I still struggle. And I, I just went through this. I just, you know, before April came around, I, I spent a week eating what I wanted to and I gained 84 pounds. You know, after reaching a new low of 560, you know, and I gained that weight so fast and man, the struggle is real to get it to come off, but it can come off just as fast if you're doing the right thing. So let me get back into that. So I, I went, I was in keto and I was eating, I changed my eating frequency. Eventually I was just eating one meal a day, ketogenic macros. I was fitting all my calories into one meal a day. Because one meal a day had worked for me before, but you know I was eating all the crap I wanted to, so now I was doing one meal a day and I was on a ketogenic diet, and I was fitting all my macros, and I was eating so much in that one meal that I was finally felt full, even though my calories were still you know sixteen eighteen hundred calories because of the fat content because of all that, I finally felt full. The cravings, however, did not go away. <laughs> And uh, they were still not a daily struggle, but when they hit, they hit, and man, did they hit hard. So I started doing some research and stuff, and you know, I was eating tons of broccoli and tons of you know uh, asparagus and all these low carb salads and things like that, and eventually, I just wasn't feeling good when I ate. Like I was full, but I was like, I was, you know, getting gassy and getting all these problems. And, um, you know, I was just, it, it just, I felt bad. Even though I was eating like this and I was losing weight and the cravings were going away, I just, I just felt like bloated and just all the time. And I started doing research and I talked to him. I was like, dude, um, I asked him first if I could reduce my vegetables and he said, yeah, cause I was like, I dude, I, just, I eat my meat and stuff. And I'm just so full that, you know, trying to fit in, you know, a, a, a cup of broccoli for every meal I'm supposed to have. So, you know, what is that? Four cups of broccoli, you know, five cups of broccoli, like trying to, trying to fit in all that, all that food, the, that food into that time just made me feel bad. And I was like, do I have to eat all this stuff? 
you know, because they're not very cal. There's not a lot of calories in them, you know. So, you know, they're not. They don't make up a lot of my calorie intake. So, like, do I have to eat them? He's like, no, man. Like, you can, you can, you can cut down on them if you want to, but you know, they're important for digestion and all this stuff. And one day, I just I ate a meal and I felt so bad. I I just I just Google. I was like, do I have to eat vegetables? And um long story short after three days of deep diving into the interwebs <laughs> i i came across uh um dang it now his name escapes me sean uh from the carnivore diet sean baker sean baker yeah that's him oh yeah that's him so um i came across his page and the the meat heels page and stuff and uh really started started deep diving into the carnivore diet and uh it interests me a lot and slowly i just ate less and less vegetables and uh if i got hungry i would eat the same foods that i was eating but more of them and uh over the next 45 days when i discovered it i had lost like 60 pounds and i didn't crave anything anymore and it was crazy to me the day that i actually realized that it had been weeks it had been 30 plus days that i had gone without actually cheating and it was the first time that i felt like i had found something that would work for me And I did it. I I I I stayed there, and I was you know eggs and meat and cheese and you know butter and all this stuff. Basically, still the ketogenic lifestyle, you know, um, because of the you know the cuts of meat and stuff that I was eating. Still ketogenic lifestyle, but I cut out all the fruits and all the vegetables and all these things that really fruits would cause my sugar cravings and cause my addiction to come back and vegetables were making me bloat and feel bad and stuff like that. And, um, it was the first time that I wasn't experiencing either one of those, but after 45 days, my weight stalled. I dropped it, you know, that, that 60 pounds, like I said, I, I dropped weight real quick. I dropped 60 pounds. But after that, I went three weeks weighing in every day and never lost a pound. Never gained a pound, but never lost a pound. And when you are my size and you've come to the realizations that you have come to, which, by the way, 
when I entered into the ketogenic and the carnivore lifestyle is when I really started to discover these things about myself because my mind was not so overcome with the sugar addiction and the uh, fast food addiction because I had cleaned up and like my mind was clearing and these things were becoming more and more apparent to me every day that passed. And I, uh, when I hit that plateau, you know, I, I went to the forums and started typing and, you know, started reading things and people were like, plateau is normal. You know, your body has to heal. Your hormones have to regulate. These things happen. Like just keep pushing forward, you know, make sure you're getting enough fat, these things, which I'm sure because these are people that have been in this, in this nine years, 10 years, you know, long time years on this, this way of eating. I'm sure that eventually that does happen. But when you're facing your own mortality and you feel like time is running out for you, you are desperate. And I was, I don't exactly remember how I came across this, but I was on one of the carnivore websites or something. And I think Dr. Fung. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, yeah, Jason. I Fung. came across this. Yeah, Jason Fung. I, I came across some of his um, stuff. Like he appeared as, I think, a recommended video on YouTube or something that I was watching. And I, I came across his video and he started talking about insulin. It was this, it was this message about how, you know, every time you eat, it triggers insulin. And when you trigger insulin, you literally halt your body from, from burning fat. Back to where I was, I, you know, he had, he had spoke about how, you know, your body think of it as, a refrigerator, which <laughs> oddly enough, it's easy for me to think about my body as a refrigerator because uh, I'm as I'm as big as one. <laughs> but uh, he said, think about your body as a, a refrigerator, and uh, your stomach and what you eat is the bottom part, the cold part, and the fat that's stored on your body is the freezer, and. Uh, Basically, in this message, he said that your body won't open the freezer until the fridge is empty. And that really, that really stuck with me. And uh, he said, as long as you're eating and as long as your body is di- digesting and metabolizing food, it will not pull from your fat stores. You will burn what you eat before you burn what you hold on to which i've always known you know but i never had heard it put that way to me and insulin acts as the gatekeeper of the doors you know if you got the fridge open and there's food flowing out of it insulin's not going to let you open the freezer if the fridge is empty insulin will pull open the freezer like insulin drops goes away lets its guard down and you can open up the freezer so i started deep diving into fasting and uh because i'm the kind of man 
kind of guy, dude, that if I, if I decide to do something, I'm going to do it to the best of my ability or I didn't do it at all. You know, unfortunately, it took me this long to, to put it into my weight, you know, into my own life. But that had been my practice, you know, throughout my whole life. And, uh, you know, all of my hobbies and the things I've wanted to do, you know, I, I always try to put my all into it. And um, so I, I put my all into fasting and I started watching documentaries and I started reading books and I started, um, you know, doing research on what happens to the body when you fast and all this stuff. And in my deep dive, I came across uh, what I'm doing right now. <laughs> So that, that'll lead us to where I'm at right now on my journey. And uh, yeah, well, I came across... No, go, no, go ahead. Yeah, go no, ahead. I was, I'm no, sorry. I, I've been talking a long time. No, let, no. Well, let me I, let you uh, no, go I, in here. I don't need to get a word in edgewise. You're doing a great job, man. I, I just <laughs> I want, I want to give you a chance to not <laughs> to, to let your jaw rest, a, rest for a yeah, second. Yeah, man, for you know? sure. I but, appreciate but I, it. No, I appreciate what it. I think is, what I think is great there and what we're getting to is is this evolution of thought. Like, And I think the thing that you, you probably are, but if you're not, you need to be proud of, man, is everything wasn't perfect. You know, once, once you started on your, on the weight loss portion of your journey, man, once you started oh, to fight, yeah, like is, it was like, things were not perfect and, and not every answer, not every question you asked gave you the right answer right away. Like you had to keep fighting and had to keep exploring. And, and I think for me, you know, in this, in this weight loss sphere, whatever it is, I, that's one of the things lately to me that I, I've noticed that every person I talk to that has been successful and is, is striving and, and, and thriving, that's not a word, <laughs> thriving and surviving and, and, and excelling <laughs> at their weight loss and keeping it off is that willingness to keep looking for answers and to not give up and to not allow, right. not allow those walls to stop you, not, allowing, not allow right. them to hold you back. And I know for me personally, like I always did, I always would blame, you know, the diet failed, so I failed. And I think, you know, that focus you had on keeping yourself like that, like you, you put it so succinctly, man, you said, you know, you were facing your mortality. So it's great for people to say, you know, a stall is going to happen. This is great. And you're like, no, you, you know, my weight could kill me today, you know, so I, right, I, I need, right. I need to keep, I need to keep that, that hunt going. I need to keep this battle, you know, I'm, I'm just starting a very long battle. And so telling me that it's time, you know, to take a break. No, you know, like I, I, right. I, th I think it's great that you were willing to kind of put that effort in and to put that focus in, and it, it has led you to where you're at today. And I'm excited to talk about that. So let's, let's turn it back over to you. Yeah, man. In a, in a way it's a, it's a different kind of hunger. You know, now I'm, I'm hungry for the, the knowledge and the experiences that it's going to take to get me out of this, you know? So it's a different kind of hunger now, but so I came across um, in my in my YouTube deep deep dive on fasting, came across this guy. His name's Cole Robinson, and uh, he is the creator of a, uh, I guess you would call it program, but really it's been around for centuries. But it's it's the snake diet. Um, I don't know if you've heard it. I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, it's it's getting pretty big right now, but. Uh, I, that's what I 
came across and I clicked on this guy's video and um, forget the title of it. Don't really remember now months ago, but first words out of his mouth were, hey, fatty. And I, I remember in my head being like, yeah, you know, yeah, you talking to me, you know, uh, and I, I remember, I remember that distinctly. And next thing you know, I'm, I'm watching this video on the snake diet and I think it was like how to start it or whatever. And this guy, man, he was, he was cussing up a storm and he was calling people names and he was saying things in a way that were so brutally honest that I, I felt like for the first time in my life, somebody was being honest with me. Like I didn't have the people that were, you know, hiding how they truly saw me and how they really, if they examined themselves, felt about me or thought about me, you know, and they were just, he was just telling me exactly what I needed to hear in the moment. And that was that I had to stop being sorry for it myself and just stop eating. <coughs> and, uh, you know, <coughs> excuse me, throughout my, my journey, man, when I, when I was 17, I had a doctor who literally said to my mom and I, it wouldn't kill you to push away from the table for a few meals. And at that time, being that age and my mom being who she was, you know, the, the, the mama tiger, you know, jumped to my defense and, you know, real realistically made a lot of excuses now that I look back at it, but you know, we left the, the doctor's office in, a, in a, a frenzy and, you know, here I am decades <laughs> later and this guy's telling me just push away from the table and I'm like, maybe he's right. <laughs> and maybe he's right. You know, maybe the doctor was right. Maybe if I had just listened when I was that old and I did everything I could to just push away the food except for what I needed to actually live, you know, I wouldn't be in this place. My life would be completely different. So I decided literally that day to start fasting. And you know, based off of all the research and Jason Fung and then this guy, he really struck a chord and I just decided to start fasting. And my first fast was 11 days. And 
the first couple days were hell. By the third day, I wasn't hungry. By the fifth day, I didn't even think about food. I only broke on the 11th day because there was an event that I wanted to be a part of. You know, but then, I, you know, I, I started diving more into the, into coal and, you know, his different protocols and things like that. And the different protocols of the snake diet and the different options you have, because that's the thing. All of these different things that I've tried in my life, they have all caused me to lose weight. All of them. It was my dedication and my perseverance and my willingness to follow through with something that kept me from being ultimately successful in those things. So when I was fasting and I got to this point, once I got through that period where I wasn't thinking about food, I wasn't hungry. And every craving that I had 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 disappeared. I felt free. I felt free from the struggle of weight loss for the first time ever, ever in my life. And, uh, you know, since then I I've done, a, I've done several long fasts and I've done shorter fasts and things like that. Um, but now I've, you know, he put out another video that talks about, you know, any, anybody can long fast. Like I said, you know, the, the hunger disappears, you know, you hear all these people doing 40 day fast. Angus Barbarari did, you know, 354 days under doctor super supervision, you know, lost all his weight back in the, the 50s or 60s, I think it was, you know, you hear all these things about, about fasting and about these programs that lose weight. And the beauty of it is, is that it's completely customizable to the individual. You can get to where you're going and get these benefits as slow or as fast as you want to. You can, like right now I'm doing it. I'm, I'm on a, a 72 hour fast and then I refeed for one hour on ketogenic food. I eat meats and eggs and cheese and I do eat veggies. You know, the carnivore thing, you know, I, I stay carnivore most of the time because I just feel better. But, you know, if I want to have some, some veggies on the side or whatever, I do, you know, I, I eat them. Um, because it's, it's not in hell, you know, even if I want to, like, I've had some brownies, like I've had a brownie with my refeed meal, you know, it's not ketogenic at all, you know, because I, I don't want to live the rest of my life having to close myself off from all these things. I want to have control over them, you know, because that's the main thing we lack as morbidly obese people is self-control. When it, when it all comes down to it, you know, the only person that can get it out of us is ourself and we have to control that. And so now I'm on a scheduled regimen because I want to build discipline. I want to follow a pattern. I want to get in a routine. I want to have something solid that I build upon and can adjust how I, how I want to based off of what's going on in my life. But ultimately I want to have control. And I think that's what a lot of us want. You know, we want to have control over our own weight and, and how we look and the things that we can do and just our lives in general. Nobody wants to be controlled by anything, especially something that you've 
you know, you put the handcuffs on yourself. For sure, man. And and I think first I, I, I wanna to to jump in quick and say, because I know there's people listening who are now immediately listening to you talk about doing an eleven day fast and they're panicking and they're running out of the oh, room yeah. screaming they're and pa- they're, they're they're waving yeah, their hands over yeah. their head. So I, I think. Oh my gosh! So, there, so there's a this cu- guy's gonna die. Yeah. You know, he's not. He's starving himself. Yeah. So there's yeah, a couple that's... things to think about for them to think about. Like, let's put it in the context of you're not. Yeah. You're not 220 pounds fasting for 11 days. You no, have. No, you have no. a. You have a fair. <laughs> you have a fair amount of stored energy. And and I think what also is great is it wasn't that you just saw a video and decided to start. Like you would. You did research and you you prepared yourself for this, man. And I I think. Oh yeah. I think yeah. finding a tool like I, I think that's the key thing because I do think like. I, I've watched a lot of Cole's videos. I discovered him a couple of years ago, back when I was getting started. And yeah. I laughed a lot, to be honest with you. Right. Because yeah, I, I was true. like, I was like, wow, this guy is going to piss people off. This is going to be great to watch. Oh, yeah, for like, sure. this is really, sure. because like, you're right. He starts every video with, hey, fatty. Um, yeah. <laughs> which just cracked me up. Because honestly, like, I, I think, and you can relate to this, like, in a lot of ways, like, when you've lived life as a fatty for so long, that it's it's not someone immediately bruising your ego. You know, you you almost can immediately see what he's doing, and it's like right. he's you know some people need it's getting our attention, right? And so, <laughs> and some people need that, that. That's how we see ourselves. Some people need that expert that is going to like hold their hand and tell them everything's okay. You know, because that's what they need. That's what they they need to get to that moment. That's what they need to survive. And some people that need the the glass of ice water thrown in their face and the person to say no no. No, stop. You know, put the fork down. You know, stop eating. Like, I, I think there's so, uh, and I, I think it's powerful for him to say, this is my, this is my feeling. This is my method. This is my brutal honesty, like you said. And like it or hate it, I'm going to, this is what I'm going to do. And I, and I think what you're showing is like there, there are going to be people then that, that hear that message. And are able to hear what is actually being said, you know, and understand why he's saying it with the passion he's saying it with. And and I, I think it's great, man, though, because like, you know, whether, whatever feelings people have, because I know there's people listening who are on all different kinds of diets and feel like there are people out there listening probably that are like, well, you have to eat eight times a day or you die. Like, right. You know, I, right. and obviously we could both say, no, that's not true. But. Yeah, <laughs> I want to say yeah. to everyone out there, like what I, what I want that want what I want the people listening to realize is the the important thing here is for for Charles it, it's important what he's doing, you know it's important the path that he's choosing for you, you know listening it's important for you to find the right path for you. Charles isn't right. here telling you it, it's also why it's it's also why I've had a lot of people on the show that aren't keto and I get a lot of feedback sometimes from my friends in the keto community that are like. Why weren't you pushing the ketogenic diet on them? Like, why didn't you tell them that they should just try this instead? And I'm like, because it's not my place to do that. You know, my place, yeah. you know, my place is to follow the path that's right for me. And, and there's something really powerful, I think, in what you were saying, because I, I think I felt similar, that similar sense of freedom from food obsession and, and the food addiction and, the, and feeling about food constantly like that when I switched to a very high fat ratio keto which obviously i'm not sitting here saying try it and you'll be fine what i'm saying is having the willingness to find that tool is the powerful part is the thing that really matters and it clearly is something 
you know, that is working for you. And what, what I feel confident is though, like with what you're saying, you know, towards the end there though, is if you do this for a year or two years or three years or five years, and then feel like that's not what's working for you, you're not going to give up. You're going to say, okay, then what is, what is the, what is the other tool I need? You know, what is the piece? What is the weapon I need to keep this fight going? Because it is a fight. Like it is something that like, and, and I, I like also that you brought up because I think sometimes people like to speak in hyperbole when they talk about their diets. And especially when you find a diet that you're passionate about or a way of eating that you're passionate about, like it's going to give you immediate relief. And, and I think the idea that, you know, we still fight some of those, sim those same battles. Like I say to people, like, they were like, when did your cravings go away completely? And I'm like, my cravings aren't gone for the rest of my life. It's just that I'm more empowered now to understand what they are and I can fight them better and I can identify them for what they really are. Like, is it a physical, actual physical craving or is it my mind just playing tricks on me? Like, I, I think it's well, you. Man, I'll tell you. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, yeah. go ahead. Go ahead. I'll tell you this, like, and I definitely want to say to everybody that's listening, you know, the thing about this is, is that, like I said earlier, all of these different diets work. And man, I've been on this, I've been on the snake diet eight months now. And like I just said, at the end of March, I went through a week where I, I went on a, a bender and ate everything I wanted to. And I gained 84 pounds. This isn't, it's, it's not a, a fix everything it's not the solution for everyone it's it yeah if everybody just stopped eating they would lose weight <laughs> that's that's what it goes down to you know because that's that's how nature works you know if you, you you don't have any calories you're gonna lose weight and it's unhealthy for people i happen to have 600 pounds i'm, I'm like a bear going into hibernation you know I, i've put on the, all this weight over my entire life and i've never experienced you know, a fasting period. I, I've never experienced hibernation or, I mean, I've been hibernating for three years, but I was eating the whole time. You know, I've never experienced a period where I haven't had all the food I, I ever wanted, you know? And so what I'm doing now is I'm creating a need for my body to burn off all the fat that it's stored up over the last, you know, 37 years of my life. And I, I have to create that need. And, and that's why this works for me. And I say the cravings have gone away because, you know, on a daily basis, I don't crave them, but I miss food. I miss the feeling. I, th I food is everywhere in every place you look on every corner. I can't escape food. Right. So this, this program what I'm doing now, what I choose to do now is only as successful as I allow it to be when it all comes down to it, you know? So whether it's keto or whether it's, you know, eating multiple times a day, small frequency, whatever it is that the person is choosing to do, as long as they're doing it in a way that they're getting what they need to survive, you know, and not overindulging they're going to they're going to live a healthier life and i've spent 37 years overindulging and now i have to create a deficit i have to create that negative to to be able to burn off this fat and if i'm eating every day thousands of calories a day with 
the lack of mobility that I have, you know, I still lay in bed most of the day. I, I'm trying, you know, I'm doing these, these, these stand-up challenges. I'm trying to get out of bed. I'm trying to do more like, and I, I'm, I'm, as I lose weight, it gets easier, but I still spend a lot of my time laying in the bed, you know, so eating thousands of calories a day, you know, even if it's ketogenic, even if it's, you know, whatever, some people say calories don't matter, calories in, calories, out, you know, all this stuff. But the reality is I weigh in every day. So I know when I lose weight and when I don't lose weight. And if I'm eating every day, if I'm eating even 2000 calories a day, I'm not losing weight. I'm not gaining weight in those periods, but I'm not losing weight. And right now at this weight, at this point in my life, in this desperation, I have to lose weight. So I got to do what I got to do. And as long as I feel good, because man, those fasting days and these three-day schedules I'm on, as hard as the hunger is, I've never felt better in my life. My joints and all this stuff. And, you know, people will say I'm, I'm you know, trying to up, up change this, but I've, I've been addicted to pills before in, in all these surgeries. I've been, you know, I, I've been a medical marijuana patient, you know, for years, you know, since, since it got legal, you know, just, you know, been, I've been doing like, I, I do those things and these are all, this is real pain that I have to deal with because there are surgeries and I've been cut open. I have broken bones and this pain just doesn't go away. And it's only amplified by the weight that I carry, you know, but to feel relief from that, you know, going into keto, I felt relief going into carnivore. I felt relief going into fasting. I felt, you know, even more relief. And it's like, that's what I'm searching for now. You know, because I've seen a glimpse of that. I've seen the burden lift a little bit. I've seen the pain subside a little bit. <coughs> That's what I'm seeking after. And <coughs> that's what I've found. Aside from, you know, the, the binges that are triggered by, you know, the Christmases and the holidays and the Thanksgivings and the birthday parties and all these things where I want to go and enjoy the celebration and eat the cake. And, you know, they don't really have a lot of keto options. And, you know, if you're fasting, people are like, Oh, why aren't you eating? You know, why, why aren't you doing these things? And, you know, Oh, you're fasting. Oh, that's not healthy for you, man. You got to eat every day. Yeah. You know, you get all these things and all this pressure from the life that you live in from every corner. And it's like, at some point, you have to just say what I think and feel about myself is more important than what anyone else thinks or feels about me. For sure, man. I, I think that's, that's powerful. And, and that's, that's the truth you need to come to for yourself so that you can, because let's, let's be realistic. You know, you, you, you've had some success. You're not 807 pounds anymore. You know, you're, right, right. you know, you're six twenty. As I was going to say, I, nine pounds yesterday. I was going to say, I want I wanted to get an update for everyone to hear. So six twenty is, is, is a different place. And, and the, the interesting thing, I, I don't even know if you noticed this when you just said it is like, so you're actually starting to live life again. Like you're coming, you know, I know that, I know that day by day, you know, you're getting stronger and, 
one of the things I do want to talk about is like, obviously, your willingness to come onto the show and talk about your journey. But by the time this episode airs, people are going to have be able to go back to because you've recently started a YouTube channel. And a part of that is your stand up challenge. And we'll be you'll be towards the end of that by the time this episode is getting out there to people. So can you Give, give people, you know, a, a quick message about like what that is that you're doing and how that relates to where you're at. Yeah, man, absolutely. I would love to do that. Um, you know, again, I go back to this, but uh, two weeks ago, um, I was watching, you know, I stay up to date with Cole's videos. I was watching this video that he put out and uh, basically and we'll skip all the <laughs> the pleasantries that he uses, but the basic message of it was that a guy that is morbidly obese like me in a situation or obese period, um, you know, along with, you know, fasting and, and watch what you eat and that kind of thing, refeeding properly could lose weight literally just by standing. You don't got to walk. You don't have to do anything. Literally, if you just stood up on your feet for as many hours a day as you could you will lose more weight. And uh, it, it kind of struck a chord with me because, man, at 807 pounds, like I said, three years, I was, I was laying in a bed. I was getting up once a day. I, I wasn't standing. You know, when I go places, when I was going places, I would use a wheelchair. I'd, I'd walk as far as the car and then as far as wherever I would place my wheelchair to sit. And that's where I would be the rest of the time, you know, sitting in my wheelchair. So... It's like I lived this life of uh, just lounging, <laughs> life of lounging. And, uh, you know, that video, it just, it, stu it stuck with me. So I was like, you know what? And it, is, it inspired me. I, like, I'm going to stand, you know, but I, I, I'm just, I'm just going to start standing. And that I... I, I I did it one day before I did any videos or anything. I just tried to stand as long as I could. And I just felt so awkward. And like, like, I mean, if I tried to move and stuff, you know, like moving my joints and all that stuff, like I, I, I could stand. But if it, if it was like walking or something, like I, I couldn't get more than, you know, 30, 40 steps in, you know, before, before the pain would just overtake me. You know, my mind is strong, but this pain, it's, that's hard to describe and it would just overtake me and you know so i was just standing there i was like i feel dumb just standing here so i was like what am i standing for and it just it just kind of hit me man i was like i want to stand for something and then i just started thinking about what i was standing for i was i was like i'm standing for myself i'm standing for I am standing against all of the fear and all of the things that I've held onto about what people are going to think about me and how people are going to see me and all of these things that have kept me from experiencing the world and living my life for the last, I mean, I, I got married in, in, in 2011. So, you know, my life hasn't been the same for like the last nine years, you know? and Heck, the last time I drove a car was seven years ago, you know, and it's like, I decided to stand against all of that fear and all of that anxiety that was keeping me locked in the prison that I created for myself. So 
I created the stand for something challenge. And, you know, Cole, you know, he's been, he's actually text, you know, talks to me and he's coaching me and he's like, dude, you know, I see you have a YouTube channel. Start, start putting up some content, you know, people, you know, from him talking to me, he's like, people, you probably get a bunch of followers if you put up, you know, a YouTube channel. And I'm like, well, followers don't matter to me, but the, you know, the posts and stuff that I've been making and stuff like all the comments and stuff, those matter to me. You know, the, th the kind words and the encouragement that are people give are giving me, those matter to me. So I, I created this channel and this challenge and I was like, you know, I want everyone else to not just stand with me and stand behind me, you know, because, uh, yeah, that, that is a great help to me, but I want them to find out what they're standing for and and look deep inside themselves and, and examine themselves and find out what they really stand for and not only what they stand for but who they're standing up for you know not not everyone is is like me not everyone is in this position and you know everybody has their own insecurities and their own things that they deal with so created this style this video man and i i, <laughs> I stripped down to just my my skivvies and I just put it out there, man, for the whole freaking world to see. And it was terrifying and scary and completely freeing. And I just I, I just I just want to encourage people. I, I and I, I ask people to you know start sending me videos and stuff of of them doing their own their own stand-up challenges and, and stripping off their own insecurities and, you know, not necessarily stripping down to their skivvies, but, you know, taking off the, the mask that we all put on in life in some shape or form to, to create this image that we project to the world. You know, there's millions of people out there like, like me that just have different masks, you know? And I just wanted to create a challenge that would allow people to strip all that away and become real because, in a in a society man there's just a lot of fake <laughs> there's just a lot of fake out there and people really appreciate as much as it hurts sometimes like i appreciated cole and what he said because it felt real to me and it felt honest to me people they 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 desire that i think you know i hope but that's what the challenge is all about. And yeah, um, I decided to re just reveal my story every time I stand up and I'm going to try to stand up, you know, every day longer and longer as, as long as I can. And as long as I stand, I'm going to share my story. And, you know, when I run out of story, hopefully I can, you know, just talk about my current journey and, you know, see where it goes. Like I said, I'm doing a video every day for 30 days and uh, I might run out of stuff to talk about. <laughs> I know it seems like I could talk a lot from this interview, but yeah, I might eventually run out of things to talk about. So, you know, all the support and all the comments and, you know, all the things that people say just to kind of keep me going and, and keep me motivated. And man, it's, it's, it's been, it's only been three days, but I feel so much focus and drive right now. Um, not to, not to put out content, but I don't, I've always struggled with not wanting to let people down. I push people away because I don't want to let them down, you know, but that's also a driving force in my life. Now I don't want to let all these people down 
so it's helping to prop me up if that makes sense at all well i think it does matter and i think everyone out there if they're not already following this journey your youtube you know the challenge they need to watch they need to go back and obviously in the show notes we're going to have links to everything but because i I, I'll, i'll be honest with you man like i was watching one of your first you know it might have been the second or third video yesterday last night and i started to get really emotional like i I was on the verge of tears watching because i knew wow man i knew what i knew what the pain was you know that because for me the the message you were sharing i knew today i was going to get to hear your story so it was almost like i was looking past the details you were sharing you know it was great to hear you know you were started you were retelling I i think it was you know what happened to you you know as a baby and but what I yeah. saw was, I remembered instantly what it was like when I was at my heaviest and I was trying to stand. And I remember I was an educator then and I, I worked with college students and I used to have to give presentations and I would do everything I could to not have to stand up in front of them because within three or four minutes, my legs were shaking and my back hurt so much that there was nothing I could do. And so I saw that on display and I, I think there's something really brave in what you're doing. Not like, oh, he's so brave for, you know, skip you know, stripping down to his skivvies, but you're, you're letting people who aren't going to know what that pain is understand because it comes through loud and clear, man. Like it, it's, it's real and raw, you know, it's especially towards the end of that video. Like it's, you know, I, I almost honestly was like wanted to lunge towards the TV to catch you. Like I was like, he is going to fall, you know, yeah. But I, but I think that's what you want people to see, like that honest, that stripped down honesty of, of who you are and, and what you're putting out to them. And I have no doubts that as this 30 days progresses, you're going to have more than enough to talk about. But also you're, you're going to see that those videos get longer and longer as, as the days progress, man, because the, the, like you said, you've, you've got the mental fortitude and the, that internal strength there. And it's just going to keep getting reflected on the outside and keep getting reflected in, in how your body reacts and what you're able to do because you're, you're making it happen. Yeah, man. And, and it, it is, it is, it, man, that struggle. I, I do want everyone to see that because that's the, I want them to see that me taking a stand is not easy. You know, it may be easy for someone else, but for me to just stand it's taking everything I have, all the dedication that I have, all of the strength that I have, all of the, the willpower that I have within me, you know, to hold myself up. You know, I, I know you're a fan of the Green Lantern, so, you know, you know, you're only, you're no, you're only as strong as your, your constructs are only as strong as your will, you know, and it takes a huge will to hold up this much weight, you know, and um, standing there. Like you'll see this in I, I, the video I posted this morning. You know, if you guys get a chance to do that, by by, I'll be many videos down the road from now, so I I feel safe saying it. But you know, I sat down in the middle of it, and normally, yeah, you know, that's you know, I just I couldn't go any longer, and I I sat down, but I wasn't finished. You know, I like, and I I said it under my voice that uh, like whispered a cuss word to myself yeah i don't know i don't know how how you guys get on this but um you know i just whispered to myself and i just felt so defeated i i had to sit down you know and i just but then you know i just i was like man no no just just get up 
you know, and I got back up and I, you know, I got to a point in my story. I, I just tried to persevere and I got to a point where I just, I physically couldn't anymore. And, you know, I had to sit down, but, you know, sometimes, you know, and this is the title of the video, you just, sometimes you have to stand up twice, you know, and you have to t shoot t twice a thousand times, however many times it, it takes, you just, you got to get back up, you know, and that, and you hear that message a lot in this, in this atmosphere, in this, in this world, because, you know, your fail failures don't define you. And, you know, the only way of, you, you know, all the, the, the sayings out there, man, I'm sure you've heard them a thousand times. And, you know, all of those things still ring true in my head, but it's not until you believe it and you actually start telling it to yourself instead of like, I can't do this and this is too hard and I don't have any more in me until you can push past that and make yourself give everything. You're not going to see ultimately the success you want. You're not going to be where you want to be because everybody has that their ideal picture I and mean, everybody pictures, you know, uh, everybody has that main goal of what they want to look like or what they see themselves at. You know, I, I want to be 50 years old on a fitness magazine, dude, you, you know, but it's like, um, you know, until you decide to do it, man, you're not going to do it. I think we've got, we beat that dead horse, you know, a bit, but it's really, it's really the simplicity of it. You know, I put a picture up as like, you know, weight loss is so much easier when it's in black and white. You know, the simplicity of it is, is you either do it or you don't do it. You know, people say, keep trying, keep trying, you know, no, I'm sorry. If I didn't do it, if I screwed up, I failed. And you have to accept your failures because it's in, it's in your failures that you learn the most. You know, you can't just say, oh, it's a slip up or it's a setback. You know, yeah, those, those are all great terms that we've created to make ourselves feel comfortable, but really what it is, is a failure. And from Einstein to, you know, Reagan, the Wright brothers, it failure is inevitable, but it's in your failure that you gain the most knowledge. And that's just what I, that's what I hope to do, man. And, and this whole thing, every time I fail, I just, I want to get back up, man. I want to get back up for everybody that's supporting me and, and that's including you, dude. Like, I would have never seen myself talking to somebody about, about this or, you know, I see your weight loss, man. And it's just, it's, in, it's inspiring. You say, you know, 540 pounds. I, I mean, I don't know how tall you are, but, you know, I'm, I'm six foot four. So, you know, I carry my weight pretty well, you know, you know, so 540 pounds, even though it's not 807 pounds, you know, for you, it was a monumental hurdle. It was, it was a detrimental period of your life. And like everybody's journey is just as important as my journey. It, just because I let myself get further in the hole and I, I caused myself more damage than someone else doesn't make my story any more important or any more incredible than their story. It just makes it different. You know, I, I, I think you're right, man. And I, and I think the important thing is your willingness to tell your story because and, and that's one of the things when I started this podcast was the idea that it would encourage people to tell their stories and then encourage someone else to tell their story and to tell someone else. Because I think 
because often I'll talk to guys and they'll say, well, I don't really feel like I have anything to say. I don't really feel like there's anything that special about me. And the thing I say is like everyone's story matters because it matters right. to them, you know, and if it matters right. to yourself and if you're honest with yourself and you, your passion comes through, which I think yours has, like we, we've been talking for two hours, man. Like your passion, is, I know, right. I know. Your passion is clearly evident. And I, I think that's what, that's what people need to hear is that like, they may not have, 600 pounds to lose they may not have 400 pounds to lose they may have 25 pounds to lose but realize that you need that paddock that that passion that dedication to yourself and that like you said because it's actually something one of my friends posted today on instagram was a quote about you know keep failing you know keep it it's not about keeping trying it's about keeping failing because we learn from those failures and, and we keep moving forward and so I have I have no doubts that your failures are going to add up to success for you, my friend, and and I'm just really excited to be able to watch along, you know, watch your journey happen, and I'm glad that you're you're taking us into it so that we can all be a part of it with you. Yeah, man. Well, like I said, your guys' support, everybody that's supporting me, it, it means more than I can, more than I can ever say, dude. Like I, I've been told I'm good with words, but I I can't even put into put into words what what i'm feeling when i read comments and when i when i just write back to people and you know they're they're really interested in like it in my life and like my journey it just i don't feel so alone anymore and i like i said i have friends and a wife that loves me and family that loves me you know but it's almost like no one could really understand this pain unless you've experienced it you know so finding guys like like you and you know like uh chance i think that's his name and like all these guys who who like are kind of tied in with you you know i've been following their pages and looking at their stuff and man like everybody it's just it's just inspiring to see like people that really get it like really understand what this is like and have gone so much further in their journey than I ha that I am, it just gives me hope, you know. And so I really appreciate I really appreciate you guys. Well, thanks, man, and and that's really good to hear because one of the things that that I hope I hope for is you know we'll be able to talk again sometime, you know, when you're further down, oh, you yeah. know, when you're further in, and we can see kind of we'll check back in and see what's going on and. I, I don't want to take up your entire day today. I, I think you've you've shared an incredible <laughs> amount of your story, man, and have been been amazingly open. And the funny thing is, like I, I I had all these questions in my head that I wanted to ask while we were going to talk today, and honestly, you you answered every one of them. Like you you took us very eloquently through your the experiences that you've been having and what you're doing. So it I I think you you did a you did a really great job, man, and I appreciate it and. One of the things I do do is I end every episode with five questions I call the Fat Guy Five. And are you ready? Oh, yeah. Are you yeah, ready for, for sure. your run through of those questions? Yeah, yeah. Let's let's okay. do that, man. So we'll do that, and then after that, we'll talk about where everyone can find you and get them over to your channel and everything. So first, okay, though, cool. man, let, let's dive into question number one, and that yeah. is Charles. Tell us, living or dead, who is your favorite fat guy? My favorite fat guy, uh, Chris Farley. <laughs> would have to be my my favorite fat guy dude like you know he's i i've been told i'm a funny guy you know but it, he was he was funny and 
I just, I saw a lot of myself in it, in, in mannerisms and stuff. And, you know, I kind of always had a flair for the dramatic, I guess. <laughs> My friends all tell me I'm pretty much a, 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 a drama queen, you know, so I love, I love the fact that he was a fat actor, man. And it just, I, I don't know, he'd probably be my favorite. There we go. Question number two, Charles, tell us, what is one lesson being fat has taught you? Oof. Uh, one lesson that being fat has taught me, man, there, there's a lot, but I'd have to, if I were to boil it down to one overall, it's that even if it feels like you're carrying the weight of the world, The only way, the only way to feel weightless again is to completely dedicate yourself to yourself, like to, to be completely dedicated to making a difference and that the, the struggle is, is, is only as long as you let it be. There we go, man. I like it. Question number three, what is, and it sounds like you were, you, you were angling in this direction already, but I'm going to ask you question number three. What is one piece of advice that you would give your past self? One piece of advice I'd give my past self. <laughs> it's funny. My, a, a friend of mine actually asked what I would tell myself 10 years ago the other day. Um, but if, if we're talking about weight loss, I would tell myself, to that things are worse than you think they are that you are blinded by the lies that you've told yourself and that you have to stick to something pick something and completely commit all that you have to it and commit quicker because like I said, when I, when I decide to do something, I really do put my all into it. I would have told myself, you need to decide to do this way sooner. There you go, man. I like it. Question number four. Charles, tell us something about yourself that you love. Uh, something about myself that I love. Uh... Well, I like like I said I was in the uh, in church for a long time, but as part of that I was, you know, I led the the music ministry and uh I love to sing, man. Like I love to sing and I sing and don't care about what people that's the one you know, I I've always cared about, you know, if people thought I was good or not, but when I when I sing and I'm alone. I just sing because it makes me happy, dude. And it was the thing that made me happy when I didn't have food. It was the only thing. And, you know, I like my voice. So that, that would be go. one thing I love about myself. I like it, man. I like it. And final question <laughs> of the day for you, Charles. What is one goal you have for the next year that is not health, fitness, or weight loss related? 
health, fitness, or weight loss related? Oof. Not uh, yet. Yeah. Not one of those things. Man, that's been my that's been my focus. Um I want to You know, because of my weight, you know, I, I've been disabled for a long time. I, you know, I worked for a little while, but, you know, I've never really got to find uh, the the career or the thing that I love to do and just be able to put my all into it, you know? So really, I just want to find find something that I love so much that I could do for uh, for a job, I guess that, um, it doesn't feel like a job because I think everybody really, really needs that. You know, nobody wants to go to work every day and feel like you're at work. You know, everybody wants to do something at 11. You know, there's a lot of things that I'm good at. You know, I don't mean to sound conceited when I say that, but there's a lot of talents I've discovered in my loneliness, you know, and, and developed in my loneliness. Um, but none of them has really been something that I really just want to dive into and give my all to, and, you know, would enjoy getting up for work every day, you know? So I want to find, I want to find that. There we go. I like it. I have no doubts that, that, that'll be another, another track that you'll, you'll be successful at, man. So no doubts at all. So after coming with us all the way on this long journey today, if people want to reach man. out to you, they want to find your <laughs> YouTube channel. They want to connect with you on Instagram. What are the best ways for people to find you, man? It's, I mean, it's, I, uh, I came from a design background, so I kind of, I, I knew about a little bit about marketing and stuff. And, uh, I, I just made everything the same name. Mm. Uh, so you can find me on pretty much every social media that I'm attached to at the inner Ivy. Um, you know, so, uh, just, just search for the inner Ivy and on all the platforms and, and you'll come across me. Uh, I'm sure there we go, man. And, and discord and Instagram and awesome. YouTube, all that. Awesome. And I will make sure that we put links to all those channels in the show notes today as well. So Charles, I just want to, again, say thank you so much for your, your willingness to come on the show and be so open with your, the, the struggles and the challenges that you've overcome. I mean, man, I feel like we could spend another two hours, just talking about yeah. what 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 you've battled and what you've overcome. So just know, man, yeah, that nobody's got time for that, man. Nobody's got time for well, that. These we'll, days. we'll we'll make we'll make time we'll make time for it when we do when yeah. we do a part two. I I'm thinking I'm going to yeah. call this episode, you know, Charles Charles stands up or Charles takes a stand. Maybe we'll have a part yeah. two where it's like Charles Charles takes a seat and and we still standing, you know, yeah. still standing yeah. takes a seat. We'll figure something out. We'll we'll yeah. find a way to make yeah, it work for sure. But just again, man, thank you so much. Yeah, no, man. Thank you. I appreciate you taking the time to hear my story, man. Like I said, you're an inspiration to me, dude. Well, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate that. And everyone else out there, um, if you want to connect with me for some reason still, you can find me on Instagram at Gourmet underscore goes underscore keto. You can find me on Twitter at Gourmet goes keto, no underscores. And you can also email the show at the fat guy forum at gmail.com. And hey, my friends, Remember, go out there today and do something to amaze yourself because you're pretty amazing people. And then come back and catch us on the next Fat Guy Forum.